Monster flavors. Y'all know they got this Ultra Fiesta, sugar-free, mm. Mm. in the turquoise can. Mm. That alongside a uh, chocolate a coffee beverage, I believe, that's with oat milk or something like that. It's like an alternative to the Swiss Miss, which I understand is a very popular energy drink, even with those that don't drink it. This Fiesta, Ultra, Ultra Fiesta, my bad, the last Fiesta, uh, kind of tastes close to the, the mango uh, they got that really cool blue and orange can mango drink. This is like the sugar-free version of it. Oh, boy. Mm. It's just what you need on a Sunday afternoon to talk about wrestling. Sultans of Slam for Sunday, January 24th, 2021. Your host this week, myself, Lee. By my lonesome to talk about AEW Dynamite from Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. From Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Well, on second thoughts, let's not go to AEW Dynamite. It is a silly place. Right. All right. Uh, Dynamite was a silly place uh, this week. Um, it, it, you you need to have someone backseat watch pro wrestling with you once in a while, uh, just to point out things that are are absolutely ridiculous that to you are just like no this makes this makes sense. And this show was silly. Uh, there top to bottom, uh, there was a lot of really oddball stuff on this show. It was a good show. I was entertained. Uh, ultimately. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, damn you uh, for putting wholesome stuff in this pro wrestling show and making me feel good instead of advancing storylines and, and, and violence and, uh, and blood and stuff like that. Uh, there's, there's a place for all of it. AEW's on a bit of a, uh, uh, they, they've been hitting, what, like 850,000 plus viewers last couple weeks. So people are tuning in. Now's the time to not have Cody Rhodes go 10 minutes with Peter Avalon, but we'll get to that in a second. It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means, welcomes JR, kicking off tonight with Negative One's birthday celebration. The Dark Order enters, Negative One, aka Brody Lee Jr., not to uh, expose his gimmick or anything, enters first riding on Ten's shoulders, I believe this is Ten, not Five, right? Ten is the, the guy from the match on this. Listen, still a, 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 maxed, a masked guy, or a maxed guy, a masked guy with abs, uh, so, t to me. Uh, a banquet table is set up on the ramp with a cake. Brody's widow, Amanda, and his uh, other son, Nolan, are at ringside. Tonight is a very special night, says John Silver. First off, the Dark Order is about to get a new recruit, a handsome cowboy, Adam Page. Second of all, it's somebody's birthday. He welcomes everyone present to sing happy birthday. Something you can do now, uh, since that song is in the public domain, since like 2016 or something like that. Some, uh, I don't know what actually transpired there. I don't know if some, like, rich... Uh, the Empresario bought Hello Hello Birthday, Happy Birthday, and, and released it to the ma masses like Dracula. Just like anybody can f fucking go nuts. Uh, Dr. Luther and Serpentico show up to ruin the fun in more ways than one. Luther on the microphone here says, The Chaos Project do not like children. They don't like you. We are going to ruin your birthday. He points his finger in Negative One's face. TH2 runs in and a brawl begins with the Dark Order. Hangman's music hits. And he leaps off the stage onto some men brawling at ringside. JR reminds us after his match, uh, after this match, Hangman will let us know his decision on joining the Dark Order. Speaking of matches, this was one. Hangman, Cole Cabana, John Silver and Alex Reynolds versus TH2, Jack Evans and Angelico, and Chaos Project, which is made up of Dr. Luther and Serpentico. 
Let's quickly just wrap up this opening segment here. This is a, is a child's a celebration of a child's birthday here. So, uh, you're, you know, it's opening the show. Uh, ideally, this is this is what you want people to to see. Maybe tuning in for the first time or or just like, yeah, let's see what's going Like a little kid having a birthday. Okay. Uh, not a lot of mentions of Brody here for some context on why a, a child in a luchador mask and a suit is... Uh, having a birthday celebration on stage. But again, that's another one of those things where you watch week to week or you understand what's going on here. And this all makes sense with the Dark Order in their current state. I digress. Uh, the birthday crashers get heat on John Silver, tagging frequently. Hot tag the hangman page, who fires up on all four members of the opposition, including a Bhutan helico and a spine buster to Jack Evans. The match breaks down. Everyone's in the ring now. Serpentico isolated for a time. Takes multiple moves from hangman in the Dark Order. Hangman botches a kick, uh, kip up. And the match spills outside. Uh, Hangman hits a moonsault to the outside. Bodies everywhere. Serpentico rolled back into the ring. Cabana tagged in as the legal man. Hangman stacks Reynolds and Silver on his back and backdrops them onto Serpentico. Cabana attempts a pin for a two count. Jack Evans and uh, Serpentico manage to isolate Reynolds near fall as Paige manages to break this one up. Negative one smacks Luther uh, with his kendo stick. He is sent falling forward into the birthday cake for, for some yucks. Uh, as soon as you see a birthday cake... At a pro wrestling show. There's only so many fates for that birthday cake. An absolutely incredible combo of finishers from Hangman and the Boys. And Serpentico is pinned. Buckshot Lariat suplex jackknife pin. With Reynolds getting the W. Serpentico is held up after the match. Negative one. Uh, smacks him with the kendo stick as well. A little sadistic of him here. Uh, but it's his birthday. So if you want to smack a luchador with a kendo stick. Like a pinata. Uh, that's, I guess, on one hand, racially insensitive. On another hand, uh, it's, it's fitting with the segment. Uh, John Silver on the mic puts over Hangman's look and his hair, very wholesomely asks him on one year, knee if he will join the Dark Order as if he's proposing to him. Hangman lifts the mic to his lips and says, I can't. Banners appear on the screen above saying, he said yes. The Dark Order members on the stage begin to celebrate. A marching band can be heard. Some shirtless revelers begin to descend the ramp to dance. John waves his arms and cancels the celebration. Uh, Adam Hangman Page uh, says he tried uh, to put this off as long as he could, but they forced his hand here. He's treasured their time together, describing it as fun. But once bitten twice shy, Hangman is not looking for a stable or a friend commitment here. He grabs a bottle of Jack from Stu Grayson and exits through the heel tunnel. There are audible boos at his decision how far the Dark Order has come. JR on the announce desk, run down tonight's card, the Inner Circle Tag Team Challenge, which will see Santana and Ortiz versus MJF and Jericho versus Sammy Hagar. John Moxley in action for the first time since losing his title. Penelope Ford replaces Nia Rose, uh, Nyla Rose tonight uh, versus Layla Hirsch. Matt Seidel in top flight versus Hardy Party, which is not their official name for some reason. Cody Rhodes versus Pretty Peter Avalon. And Sting congratulates the TNT champion Darby Allin. Up next. But not before. Alex Marvez with Chris Jericho and MJF backstage. MJF hijacks this interview to ask Jericho the big question. Are you not worried that fighting each other will divide the inner circle? Jericho is not worried. We'll move on like a unit like we always do. The winner will be the official tag team of the inner circle and pursue the tag team championships. Back from commercial, Tony Schiavone is in the ring holding a microphone. One week ago, we all saw Darby Allen defend the TNT Championship. We saw Sting come to his aid during the match, and now he wants to come again. Cue the snow, Sting makes his entrance. JR puts over Darby as one of his favorites, as Darby also makes his way to the ring. Sting congratulates Darby and wants to clarify he wasn't there to interrupt the match. He just wanted to make it fair. Taz yells, shut up, shut up! From off screen, he and his crew appear on the main screen. And it's a big screen, but it can barely contain the bulging muscles of uh, Team Taz. 
You brought a baseball bat. You used your belt. Taz goes off on the many ways Darby and uh, Sting cheated to uh, to even the odds in the match against Brian Cage last week. Puts over his crew as street fighters wants to take this feud to the streets. Darby responds, you want to take this to the streets, Taz? Be careful what you wish for. Darby and Sting will team in a street fight against Team Taz sometime soon. So that's a development on the Sting thing. Uh, definitely it is. Uh, they were kind of biding time until, I guess, the, the the title defense, this is what's next. It will probably be a cinematic match in that it is pre-recorded so that Sting can be protected because that man should not be doing live wrestling with uh, his his stacked amount of, of injuries. Back to the Ultra Fiesta. Mm. Tastes like... Tastes like beach break. Speaking of beach break, back from another commercial, we get a Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker video package they will fight in two weeks at beach break. What a coincidence. Excalibur throws to another video of the Young Bucks arriving at Omega's house. Alex Marvez appears and informs them there's a meeting of the elite going on. Michael Dakazawa answers the door and leads them through the house. The Bucks pause to admire an oil painting on the wall depicting Omega and Callus completely shredded and shirtless in blue jeans. Callus appears and asks if they like his birthday present to Omega. The Bucks get increasingly frustrated as they speak with Callus. Callus excuses Marvez and the cameraman, uh, but keeps the camera and sets it up on a table nearby. Now that they're alone, Callus gives them a check in an attempt to buy out their friendship and leave Kenny alone. Matt says they're trying to buy out a 12-year friendship. Callus explains you were friends with Kenny, and now you're holding him back. Matt and Nick rip up the checks and begin to get angry. The camera goes dark as we hear Don Callus maybe being assaulted by the Bucks. This could have been done better. Uh, it gets the point across. Like, I know where this this is going. I know what it's setting up. I understand the storyline. Uh, it just seemed a little disjointed here. Uh, I don't know if it was the inclusion of Alex Marvez here uh, being out of place as a joke, seemingly. Uh, or if there's a disconnect. Or, or we're accelerating too quickly. I don't know what's happening on Impact. Because, fuck, I'm not watching Impact. Uh, so I don't know if this is being advanced there. I just know what I've seen on Dynamite. And it seems like things have escalated pretty quickly with Don Callis now handing people checks, telling them to leave Kenny Omega alone. Pretty Peter Avalon versus Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, the character, is looking to beat Avalon in one minute. Cody Rhodes, the man, wants an excuse to have a long match with Avalon on TV. Jade Cargill appears to distract the ref and Cody. Avalon boots Cody in the nuts and takes control of the match. They exchange chops. Avalon screeches and hides to protect his face. Brawling outside the ring, back in with a double clothesline. Arn barks orders at ringside. We head to picture in picture, and perhaps I fast forward a little beyond that as well. Cody tweaks his knee in a leapfrog attempt. Does a good job selling it, or he's actually hurt. Uh, as he hits a sneaky cutter on Avalon, uh, Tony gets in his weekly plug for AEW heels. Cody whips off his belt and applies a figure four lock to Avalon. Avalon, <coughs> Whoa! Avalon grimaces in pain, manages to reverse the lock for a time. Cody flips him back over. Avalon slaps Cody. Cody raises a hand to slap him back and Avalon taps out to avoid the blow. Cody wins this match. A 10-minute bout with Peter fucking Avalon. Excalibur puts over the Go Big Show as Snoop Dogg's version of Cody's theme song plays. Cody poses JR throws to FDR backstage. Let's talk about this match. Why the fuck did this match go 10 minutes? Peter Avalon, for all accounts, is a great guy. Uh, the librarian gimmick sucked. He's not doing that anymore. He's doing a pretty gimmick. He doesn't want to get slapped in the face. Uh, that gimmick sucks too, but... Uh, he's a solid wrestler here. There's nothing There's nothing technically wrong, aside from the, the leapfrog fuck-up and a couple other flubs here uh, in this 10-minute bout. But uh, we're telling a story between Cody and Jade Cargill and Shaq here. Uh, Peter Avalon getting in this much 
uh, offense and also shrinking away from a slap to the face after a 10 minute wrestling match where there was like a superplex and shit like that involved in this match is fucking ridiculous. And uh, Peter Avalon's a great guy. And Cody, you should have 10, 15, 20 minute, one hour long Iron Man contest with Peter Avalon, but not on AEW Dynamite. Thank you very much. Uh, you could tell the same story of this match in a minute, in, a, in two minutes. If the idea is that Jade Cargill shows up, Peter Avalon low blows Cody Rhodes, and Cody is unable to beat Peter in a minute, therefore, that's fine. This match then going on for ten minutes and giving Peter Avalon this much is not okay. Tully says the ratings just came out, FTR is number one, but we need the belts. The Jurassic Express storms the set, Jungle Boy says he's sick of this. Being in the ring with them proved to him that he could beat either member of FTR. Dax is taunted into a singles match with Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus will be at ringside to prevent any interference. A match is made next week on Dynamite. Uh, Dax, they're both, like, FTR is great. Uh, there's a lot of subtle uh, things these guys do that, I don't know if it comes from their time, if they're just good, like reactors, uh, or if it comes from their time in WWE kind of doing a lot with very little, but... Uh, but there's subtle little things that Dax does here that are great. Like, he's confident, but now that he's not in a tag match, now that he knows it's a, it's a singles competition and uh, they, they don't have the numbers advantage at ringside or, or totally won't be able to get away with things, etc. Uh, he seems legitimately... He doesn't want to do this with Jungle Boy, uh, which is cool. It, puts, it, it gives credibility to Jungle Boy. Uh, Dax isn't outright saying he doesn't want to do this. It just It's, it's subtle. It's good. Something I noticed. And I'm shouting it out here. John Moxley's music hit uh, hits here. A hooded, uh, hoodie-laden Moxley makes his way into the stadium. The minimal crowd goes wild for him. Back from a brief break, Justin Roberts introduces Nick Komarodo. Nick Komarodo. Yeah, a hairy hoss of a man. 26 one and one. John Moxley gets in the face of Komarodo. Ding ding. Moxley aggressively strikes Komarodo. Camarado, Camarado, Camarado? It was something different. I'm not saying it right. Stunning him early. Tony Schiavone puts over Nick Camarado's ability to bench 600 pounds. He's also a student of both Dustin and QT Marshall. They spend enough time putting him over here to either uh, make him a believable opponent for John Moxley here in a second, uh, but also to lay a groundwork if they ever potentially sign this guy. He, he had a good look. Whatever. Moxley weathers the storm here as Camarado uh, gets all of his shit in. Moxley powers up and kicks the shit out of Camarado's chest. Can't get him up for a move. Sends Camarado into the ropes and catches him for a German suplex using his momentum against him. Camarado super armors out of a move. Moxley slips behind him and applies a sleeper hole. Nick Camarado goes limp and the referee calls it. John Moxley wins. Moxley gets on the ropes in the corner and asks for a microphone. He points to the fans who are standing and applauding him. Now anything can happen on Wednesdays on AEW Dynamite. Things are getting crazy around here. Moxley mentions he can't keep track of who's in Bullet Club or Impact or what. Says Kenny thought his Bullet Club brothers from Nashville would be able to watch his back. All Kenny did was ensure more violence, more limbs to break. He loves this. He will climb back up this mountain. All roads in pro wrestling lead through him. His music plays. He does a few push-ups and poses for the fans. John Moxley is fantastic. John Moxley does not need this championship back. Uh, I I don't know what the plan is with Kenny and the AW championship. Uh, I, I don't necessarily want to see Moxley lose a rematch against Kenny in another whatever. Uh, uh, Moxley should get his W back, but does Moxley need the belt back? No. Uh, it'd be nice to see Moxley carry this belt again at some point for, for some extended period of time. Uh, but 
This is all fine. Dasha is standing uh, by with Eddie Kingston and his crew. Dasha asks what he's going uh, to do to prepare for Lance Archer next week. Eddie says he doesn't prepare. He just fights. Gets upset about the situation with Pac last week and starts to bash Lance. Lance Archer and Jake the Snake appear. Lance gets in Eddie's face to taunt him. A visually shaken Eddie plays, uh, plays tough and dismisses him. Looking forward to this match next week. Alex Marvez interviews Kenny Omega while walking backstage. Kenny is very upset to see Alex Marvez... Uh, says that they were at his house and heard that he was at the beach. Kenny has no idea what he's talking about. Kenny spots Callison, approaches him. Callison has a massive black eye. He says it was an accident. Uh, what really happened? Uh, what really happened? Presses Kenny Omega. Callison lets slip. Nick and Matt maybe had something to do with it. Marvez pops up, asking if Nick and Matt did this. Callison shoves him out of the room, and that's the end of the segment. Fine. Top Flight and Matt Seidel versus Hardy Party. Hardy Party is really just called Matt Hardy and Private Party, and that's lame. That's, come on, come on now. Excalibur explains Hardy Party, which I will continue to call them, appeared on Impact this past week and won a tag match. So there you go. Dante Martin and Mark Quinn share a handshake in respect, and this match is underway. Uh, this is Dropkick City, says Tony Schiavone. A triple leapfrog happens here. JR buries a series of moves without tags in between that ends in uh, the uh, non-legal man attempting a pin because of the confusion. The referee seems to get control of the match here. Uh, Bryce Ramsberg, I believe it was. Reprimanding the boys for the lack of tags. This match goes to picture-in-picture. Picture. Darius hits a Spanish fly on Isaiah Cassidy. Hardy sent outside. Tope suicided into the barricade by Darius. Back in the ring. Silly string attempt by Private Party. Top Flight has it scouted. Counters this and destroys Isaiah. Isaiah's legs for a near fall. Matt Hardy gets a slam in on all three guys. Mark Quinn catches Matt Seidel in the head with multiple kicks. Dante Martin tagged in. Hardy and Cassidy knocked uh, from the corner. Top flight tees off on Quinn. Seidel and Darius are in the ring while Dante is the only legal man. JR feels bad for the referee here. So do I. There's no attempt to track tags here. Uh, just make it a tornado match if that's going to be the case. Isaiah Cassidy with a chair shot to Dante's ribs while the ref is, surprise, distracted. Quinn uh, hits a move for a pin. Hardy Party uses heel tactics to win. Uh, these are all talented guys. I understand they wanted to get a bunch of multi-man indie moves into this match, but the lack of regard for the rules of the tag match was very distracting here. Private Party versus uh, Top Flight in, sh in a shorter match might have been the better choice. Matt Hardy and Matt Seidel do not need to participate. Uh, Matt Hardy hits a twist of fate on two of three of the opposing team members. After the bell, the crowd boos. JR throws to the inner circle backstage. Uh, to iterate on my point, yes. Uh, I am watching for tags. I am watching for the rules. Uh, whether I I'm not a stickler for the rules, obviously it's at the referee's discretion, or at least that's what you can chalk it up to when you're trying to suspend your disbelief. But this match in particular was all fucking over the place. Nobody was tagging. Everybody was confused at who the legal men were. Uh, people were hitting combo moves without tags. There should have been a disqualification. This uh, made the referee look like an idiot. And uh, not just for the distraction stuff, but the referee looks more like an idiot when he's, he's watching things happen where he can enforce rules and he's just not. I don't like this. Uh, I didn't like this tag match. Everybody in it is talented, as I say. Uh, a lot of cool stuff in this match, but uh, I was taken out of the match by the lack of regard for the rules. Straight up. Uh, whatever. MJF speaks in front of the Inner Circle members, minus Jericho. Says if he had it his way, we wouldn't be fighting each other tonight. Sammy gets in his face saying if it were up to him, a lot of things would be different. MJF calms him, da calms him down, uh, says he wants what is best for the Inner Circle. Let's go out there and wrestle like a family, and they all fist bump. 
legit Layla Hirsch versus Penelope Ford and her entourage. Chuck Taylor is in a full butler uh, attire, having lost to Miro last week. Orange Cassidy is at ringside watching the events unfold. Penelope and Layla lock it up. Layla is four foot eleven. Tree trunks for legs. Layla forces Penelope to the mat where she dominates for a time before Penelope gets them on their feet again. Penelope strikes Layla's kneecap. Kip advises Chuck Taylor, whose butler name is Charles, to trip Layla. Layla outnumbered here by Penelope's willing-to-cheat-to-win crew. We head to picture-in-picture. Near-fall on Layla as we return. Layla catches a leg lariat. Penelope drops uh, to the splits. Layla levels her, sends her into the corner for a double-knee strike. Boot to the chest. Penelope is dragged to the center of the ring for a pin attempt. Layla climbs to Brett's rope. Penelope uh, sets her up for an axe kick, misses it, eats a clothesline. Layla to the top rope, dives onto Kip Sabian and Chuck, eats a pump kick to the head as she re-enters the ring. Layla gets her foot on the rope. Kip knocks it off. Penelope pins Layla. One, two, three. After the match, Miro calls his butler Charles into the ring. Uh, I can be very mean to you whenever I want, but I won't because I'm nice, says Miro. I'm going to take you places you haven't been before, but you have to abandon your past. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Miro tells Chuck uh, to grab a mic and tell Orange Cassidy that Miro is Chuck's best friend now. Orange Cassidy stands and removes his sunglasses. Chuck looks very distraught. Miro is my best friend now, says Chuck Taylor. Orange walks away. Miro and Kip give Chuck a hug. That's the end of this. Uh, you know, Chuck Taylor selling the butler thing. He looks like a very upset butler. Uh, but who wants a sad butler, really? You, you, you force a butler, you know? Like someone's forced into your servitude. That's no fun. You, you, every time you wake up, you're wondering if they're going to be standing above you with a pillow to smother you. Backstage, the Good Brothers and Omega are assaulting Penta. Callus looking on. They choke him with a cable. Kenny removes his boot and beats Penta with it. The announcing team is left speechless about this. Next week, Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. Cody responds to Shaq. Dax Harwood versus Jungle Boy. Bucks and Good Brothers versus Dark Orders. Evil Uno, Grayson, Silver, and Reynolds. Beach break in two weeks. Penelope and Kip's wedding. And the Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker match have been announced for that. Tag Team Battle Royale will also take place at beach break uh, for a title shot at Revolution. Your main event is next, Inner Circle, Inner Turmoil. With only 16 minutes left to go in the broadcast, Jericho, MJF, and Wardlow enter to a chorus of Judas, Sammy, Hagar, and Proud and Powerful enter as well. Fist bumps all around. Sammy and MJF start things off. MJF tags out to Jericho. Only two men are legal at a time, so we'd want to stay in as long as possible if tagged. You can't win if both of your members are on the outside. Sammy and Jericho play grab ass until Jericho slaps Sammy in the face. Sammy fires up with chops and a corkscrew dropkick. Sammy knocks Jericho to the outside. Sammy hits a solo version of the La Sex Gods pose while flipping off Jericho. Jericho climbs back into the ring. Sammy takes control once again. Shot by Hagar and a near fall. Hagar and Santana tagged in. Jericho recovers at ringside. Jericho makes a blind tag. Hagar is hit with a combo move by Santana Ortiz and rolls out. Santana Ortiz with a display of why they are the tag team of Inner Circle currently hit a series of moves on Jericho for a near fall. Jericho gets the most uh, beaten out of him in this match. As it should be. Picture in picture, Santana with an, inv uh, an inv Santana with an inverted Sammy is what I have written here. Go to, go to Subway and order the inverted Sammy. See what they say. Uh, Santana with an inverted Sammy. Jericho tags in and is past Sammy while Sammy is still inverted upside down. Uh, backdrop slam. Jericho poses a moment, lifts Sammy to his feet, and chops him. They move into the corner, and picture-in-picture picture ends. 
Tags made to Hagar and MJF. Uh, Hagar slams MJF and gets a tag to Sammy, who hits a cutter. Ortiz tags himself in and is clotheslined by Sammy. Jericho enters the ring. Sammy sends him over the ropes. Misses an attack to the outside and super kicks Jericho. Proud and Powerful cuts Sammy off with another suicida attempt before jumping over the ropes themselves to splash inner circle members on the outside. Sammy and Ortiz back in the ring. Sammy limp on Brett's rope. MJF comes in to hoist Sammy, who gets a reverse Hurricane Rana on MJF. Sammy hits a Spanish fly on Ortiz for a near fall. Jericho with Floyd. Hagar lays him out with a boot. MJ Why Jericho would attempt to bring a baseball bat into this match is a little confusing. MJF uh, grabs the dynamite diamond ring from Wardlow. So that is now MJF and Jericho who are on a team both trying to bring foreign objects into this ring with their so-called family. Hagar lays him out with a right hand. Clotheslines, bodies everywhere. Sammy attempts to pin uh, on Ortiz. MJF breaks this up. Jericho tags himself in off Ortiz. MJF powerbombs Sammy. Jericho lion salts onto his own forehead for a pin attempt. Proud and Powerful in the ring illegally stunned Jericho and MJF for a near fall on Jericho. This match is moving a mile a minute, if that wasn't uh, apparent here. This match was going like double speed. Jericho hits a code breaker on Ortiz, kick out at two. Jer uh, JR mentions uh, the TV time remaining uh, time limit for this match as we're a minute from going off the air. Sammy with a massive 450. Ortiz breaks up his pin on MJF. Sammy, GTH on Jericho. MJF in, about to suffer the same fate. Wardlow on the apron. Sammy bumps into him. I didn't see any interference otherwise. Just he bumped into Wardlow. MJF rolls up Sammy and grabs his trunks. One, two, three. What is happening, says JR, and the screen goes black. Oh, gee, I wonder where you could have found fucking seven more minutes for this match that seemed rushed all to hell uh, with all the stories they were trying to tell within it. Hmm. Maybe pretty Peter Avalon knows where some of that time went and can uh, can give it up next time. Uh, this was fine. Uh, it was rushed and therefore came off very silly. It, just, it seemed so chaotic. Uh, Sammy Guevara was the star of this match by far. Uh, getting the most in. He, I have the most interest in coming out of this inner circle debacle with MJF. Uh, and what Sammy does next. And uh, that is about going to do it for this week. Yeah. Uh, so our final part of the Cyberpunk conversation took place on uh, Wednesday this previous week on Public Beta Podcast. We have two weeks of Game of the Year related conversations planned. Coming up this Wednesday and the Wednesday after that. We'll be back again next weekend to talk about Sultans of Slam and the upcoming AEW Dynamite. At Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. LeahTissyIceberg.com is my email address. Send questions, topics, anything you find interesting and we find it interesting too. We might put it on the show. Thank you as always uh, t for listening to my one-man band here, and uh, that's pretty much gonna, that's pretty much, pretty much gonna do it. Ultra Fiesta, let's go. That's the Sultans of. Fire!